Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every strong soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. We're here to share resources and experts on topics important to you, the military family. Join us. We've got another great episode starting right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, military moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and this is Military Mom Talk Radio. And um, we've got uh, a lot to cover today. We've got Marcella Stretch from Parents of Deployed Service Members. We've got Lawanda Holloman, and we've got a message from Soldiers Angels. Uh, Robin, why don't you give Soldiers Angels a plug, and then I'll plug Operation Gratitude. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. We had an email from Soldiers Angels. They have a young girl. They have premiered a um, a lovely... opera singer. She is 15 years old. Um, Sarah Stevens is the girl's name. And if you go to Soldiers Angels Facebook page, it will direct you to this uh, brand new single, uh, beautifully sung by Sarah Stevens entitled Promise. It's a beautiful, very, very touching video. And during the month of November, which happens to be Military Family Appreciation Month, um, 100% of the proceeds of the sales of this song through iTunes will be donated to Soldiers Angels. So uh, we do encourage you. I did uh, tap in and listen to this beautiful voice, uh, an incredible talent, and I am hoping that this young lady um, has a very uh, promising career in, in front of her. Of course, Promise is the name of her song. Her last name is spelled S-T-E-V-E-N-S, Sarah Stevens. So go to Soldiers Angels Facebook page. You'll find all about it there. That's great, Rob. And, you know, it's that time of year again where I'm going to push for Operation Gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now sending 150,000 care packages every year. They used to send just 100,000. Um, and we celebrated our millionth care package oh, a while back. And right now they're at a million three for care packages wow. sent. Um, you know, to new recruits, to veterans, first responders, wounded warriors, and caregivers. Um, so, you know, they're expanding um, their reach. And I think, you know, that caregiver um, is really important because, um, you know, we just all have to work as a team. And so if you guys want to send anything over to Operation Gratitude or come and volunteer, it's really exciting to go and stuff all the boxes. And um, I always put a call out to moms saying if you want to fold over your kids' uh, homework assignments, you know, the art stuff that they do, or have your classroom uh, draw cards, holiday cards to include in these boxes, that's always a huge hit. Absolutely. And all of those warm scarves and and loving things in that nature. Just uh, do you have their website, Sam? Real I do. It's operationgratitude.com. And, um, you know, it's it's just so much fun. You can go shop in the gratitude store, too, if you really want to. Um, 
you know, you really want to um, support them in a different way. Uh, it's just neat. It's neat what, um, you know, they need scarves and hats. You can write letters and, you know, um, make paracord bracelets. You know, there's lots of neat things you can do. Um, and, uh, you know, here are some of the things that Operation Gratitude is looking for. Knitted hats and scarves, uh, neck gaiters, yarn, uh, beanie babies. We know that our service member trade them for information. Webkins, trolls, or other small plush toys. You can have paracord survival bracelets. You can. It's a good place to put your Halloween or Easter candy um, throughout the year. Uh, socks are good. Um, anything personal electronics, you want video games, flash drives, headsets, you know, CDs, DVD, iPods all go in there. You can also give gift cards uh, if you want. And then for personal care products, these are really popular. Uh, lip balm, toothpaste, toothbrushes, roll-on deodorant, razors, individual packets of moist towelettes, hand and foot warmers, and foot prouders. So that's really, you know, some of the things that they're calling for this year. It's it's all and this is the thing right now we are putting a push because, of course, we want to get those holiday boxes out. But Operation Gratitude works year round and um, their tireless energy over there, thanks to Carolyn Blaschek, is um, is tremendous for our service people. Yeah. Well, I got another tremendous person for our service personnel yes. families. We've got Marcella Stretch of our, I got to just say it, it's our favorite Facebook group. I know there's lots of face groups out there, but you know, this is what's near and dear to my heart because they've been so loving and wonderful to us. So if you want to suck up, you can get on the air like Marcella. <laughs> but Marcella's been fantastic and her group is active and fun and informational and supportive and um, they really do support the parents of our service members. Marcella, it's so nice to have you back. Thank you. Good to be back again. Yeah. So what's yeah. going on over there? Your Facebook group just keeps growing and growing. Yes, we are adding new parents almost every day. And the good thing about it is now I have parents um, spreading the word between other parents that they get to um, meet or they get to um, interact with the parents within their sons or daughters' units. So from that, they're recommending. So a lot of the new members, I'll ask them how do they hear about the group, and they say, oh, I was recommended by another parent, which is a good thing. Well, you're well over 2,000 members now. I remember when you were just a small little group, like five, 600. I remember when you hit 1,000 and how exciting <laughs> that was. Yes, it was. And we've been busy. We stay busy all year round. I heard you all talk about care packages, and we're doing the same thing as well. We're doing, um, we call our little project Give Thanks to a Deployed Troop. So, you know, Thanksgiving is around the corner, so we want to, you know, also keep the um, deployed troops in mind as well. Yeah, now you've been doing your birthday. I think your birthday thing is so neat, um, the birthday program that you guys do. Yes, we call it the Birthday Brigade. And what we do is, and that is, I mean, it is so awesome. We get all the little, you know, we don't expect the troops to uh, send us back thank yous, but just the excitement of them receiving all the birthday cards from all the from all over the United States, and some of them even come from out of the country, you know, Europe, British, or whatever. They get cards from all over, you know, wishing them a happy birthday, and they're just so, you know, so elated from that. 
That is. That's just so much fun. Now, let's um, talk about some of the topics uh, that are covered, you know, in your groups on there. Because I see, you know, I see a lot of them. But um, I love, what do you think are the most popular topics in your Facebook group? Right now, the popular topics, um, I seem like the majority of my parents are now dealing with post-deployment. So with the post-deployment, um, there's questions coming up on how to, you know, how to tap into certain resources for their son or daughter or how to get things, you know, get information from VA or, you know, that's one of the most popular, you know, questions or how should, you know, my son or daughter come out of the military because, you know, a lot of people do not know that there's different ways to separate from the military and, how you separate has a lot of impact on your benefits. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it when people get home, you know, they get the active component, you know, they can go into the reserve component, they can um there's just so many different choices that they have um you know, and these programs that are out there, you know, these guidelines and the programs, they're helpful to a point, but what I've heard is that a lot of times they're more con- confusing then they are helpful yes and i heard the same thing as well and um they receive different information from different people so it's like they don't know which information is you know because what i believe is the different ways or the different resources are for different people so it, it depends on each person's it's an individual situation versus a whole group or a whole platoon absolutely yeah. oh go ahead rob all I was going to say is, uh, Marcella, when um, you see so many times people posting on your on your site, there is uh, talk about brigades. There's a huge brigade that's just jumping right on the answers. Um, you do have a couple of guidelines for safety, though, um, as far as as personal information. Is that correct? Yes, we do follow OPSEC. And we ask all parents to follow that. And if we see that someone is not following it, we will, you know, remove their post so that it will not remain on the group as well. And we, you know, try to contact them through private message to say, you know, your post was, you know, okay, but you need to re, re, you know, we we ask them to reword it. We don't want them to think we just dropping their um, post when they are in the moment of fear or concern. We want them to say, go ahead and, you know, repost it believe out certain information absolutely I, I think that's important only because i think sometimes people may want to reach out but they're worried that their information might be you know uh, exposed or whatever so the fact that you take such precaution to um, keep that safety i think is very important yes yes because a lot of parents are apprehensive because their sons or daughters might have you know, told their mom or, you know, told their parents, do not do this, do not do that. So the the, son, the sons and daughters, you know, instill so much into their parents that some parents don't even want to say anything. And I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, you know. It's just you have to make sure you're in the right for, format. You know, you, you're in the right, you know, group because some groups are open and our group is secret. So an open group is open to the you know, whole world and you don't want to post there. 
One of the things that I like about your group, Marcella, is I like when, you know, like when there's boots on the ground and everybody gets to cheer or, you know, when somebody is deploying, we can all, you know, give our support. Um, One of the things that that I think is so important, like, you know, right now I'm popping through your thing and I see, you know, a lot of people posting the pictures of their green lights. I have the green lights on my house. Um, You know, there's it's so. Um, I don't know what the word is. Everybody feels so separate, and your group gives people a place to come together. That's correct. We we create a unison with our parents, and we want them to, you know, you now some of them have actually bonded and became best friends, but we also want everybody to feel welcome, and we want them to feel comfortable, you know, with, you know, anything that they want to, you know, say or ask. And I even get some parents to even... Send me a, send a private message, you know, to someone if you don't feel comfortable with talking within the group, you know. Yeah. I even gave my personal phone number out to members to, you know, just talk. Because sometimes you don't want to type back and forth. You want to actually talk to someone that can help you through the process. We're going to make sure we give Marcella's information on the other side of the break. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velazzi's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velazzi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to The Living Room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We're saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. 
Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've been visiting with Marcella Stretch, and we're going to wrap up with pods here in just a minute. Um, Marcella, how do people get involved in pods? And that's Parents of Deployed Service Members. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, pods stands for Parents of Deployed Service Members. We are a 24-hour support group for parents as well as our troops. And the way you can find us is through Facebook. You can just do a search in the little search box and just type in parents of deployed service members and we will come up. And the unofficial group will come up, but once we um, ask you a few questions, we will um, switch you over to our secret group with the 2,000-plus members. That is wonderful. Yeah. Growing, (sighs) growing, growing. (laughs) Yes, we are. Thank you so much, um, Marcella. We always love knowing that um, your support is there and all of the work that your your organization does is tremendous. So uh, for everyone out there, for all of those parents, thank you for for uh, being the brainchild behind this and, and for sustaining this group for so long and uh, for the potential of it to grow exponentially. It's fantastic. Thank you, Marcella. Thank you all. You all have a great day today. Too. All right. So uh, that's parents of deployed service members on Facebook and their birthday brigade is one of the neat things that they're doing. So you might want to pop over there and check out what they're doing. And it's a lot of fun to send these cards to service members and really surprise them overseas. We're going to switch gears a little bit, Rob, and we're going to move over to Lawanda Holloman. And she's got a very, very interesting background and a little different from what we typically cover on Military Mom Talk Radio. Lawanda Wanda, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's so much fun. So now you've got a very different background. Um, so I'd love for you to share it with our guests in your own words. Okay, awesome. Well, my name is Lawanda Holloman, and I am a retired colonel from the United States Army. I was also a single parent raising two amazing girls, Elizabeth and Rebecca, Um I'm currently employed with uh, an insurance company and founder of my own company, Everything Etiquette and You. So I know what it's like to be a military mom as that service member. (laughs) Well, and that's really unique. Go ahead, Rob. What I was going to say, if anyone was to uh, know about the etiquette and protocol, it would be through the military. Was was this um, because of your military experience you developed this program, or were you always um, sort of that uh, in that line of thought? That's a good question, Robin. I um, I think like anything in life, sometimes we don't know um, where we will end up, but if we keep pushing ourselves, we will get somewhere. And it's nice when we can be intentional about that. So I can't say that I was always this way as far as etiquette and protocol until I started encountering all of the different personalities I dealt with in the military and how important it is to know how to communicate in a way that is encouraging, empowering, and uplifting um, to people who might be going through very challenging situations. So, um, yes, it it, it was um, – brought about through my uh, military experience. 
Hmm, that's so interesting. One of the things, like, you know, I'm a single mom, too, and I talk about uh, a lot of other, you know, single mom issues with our family members. Um, And it's really hard. I think it's even harder than being just a, a traditional single mom. How did you handle it? And what did you find was the most difficult part of parenting um, as a single mom? I know, you know, we'll talk about other things, but I'm just curious what what you remember as being the most challenging. The most challenging thing for me was when I had to deploy and leave my daughters behind. And they were young and they didn't always understand. And when I deployed, we didn't have the technology that we had today. Well, we had it, but not where I was. Um, That took some time to get put in place. So I didn't have the opportunity to Skype um, like we have now. And it was just very, very difficult for us. So the separation was one of the most difficult things um, for me. Did you find, and you know, I just want to follow up with this because some of our service members um, have written in to me and, and said things about how uh, groups or people have not been real supportive in their service. How could you leave your family? How could you do this? And, you know, instead of being like, wow, this is so great that you've served, that, you know, you're doing this, did you find any people that had conflict with what you did as a service member in reflection of being a mother? So now you're pulling at my heartstrings. I had um, some friends who questioned why I would leave my children behind. Um, And to my defense, I had some awesome, what I call inner circle friends who knew my heart and who were very supportive of what I was doing. Um, Because the narrative just hasn't been written for women veteran. We're not seen as veterans. We're seen as we're not seen as soldiers. <laughs> We're seen as women and women just don't do these things. They don't leave their children behind and they don't go out into dangerous areas and participate in these types of things. And so, um, yes, there were women who just did not agree with what I was doing, who were quote unquote friends. And so that leaves you in a lonely place and struggling to help others understand. Um, And I say that helping others understand very lightly because I had to learn how to be content with who I was and be um, fine with what I was doing and understanding that what I was doing was to help the greater good of society. And it was not, quote unquote, selfish in nature. Thank you for acknowledging that. I have been waiting for years on the show for someone of high rank that is a single mom that did leave her children that did experience this because part of what we do here on military mom talk radio is we validate the choices women make. We support them in their choices. And, you know, I want to thank you for being so upfront. I know this wasn't on our topic list, but you know, I get these emails, I get these letters, I get these comments and, and, you know, we want to raise awareness, but we also want to validate, um, are women who make these choices and make these sacrifices because it's really important that we talk about it. Shame and shaming and, you know, comments like this can only live in darkness and we're here to shed some light on it and lighten up everyone uh, and support their choices. Yes. 
Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> I'm now notorious for getting rank wrong and going off topic, aren't I, Rob? It's quite all right, though, because it's very valid when you stop and think, how many times do we all have mother guilt? It might not be something as um, huge as as this kind of decision, but there are times when you have to have the self-confidence and the self-worth um, of your own um your own being, your own thought, that what you are doing is what is right for you. And someone else may have contrary thoughts or contrary words. They're not living your life and they're not living in your shoes. They are um, hopefully going to learn from your experience because you've done it and you've been that pioneer. Um, And we're very proud of you, Lawanda, for, for giving all of us that kind of, uh, something to someone to look up to with those, with that, that kind of, uh, fortitude. Thank Amazing. you. Thank well, you. The funny thing, Lawanda and Rob, I'm just going to say this. It's like, all right, if I was in a fight, if I was in the lion's den, I would pick a mother with me every single day of the year, <laughs> put her kids behind her, and see who fights. Like, that's the, the thing that never made any sense to me. It's like women are the ultimate mama bears when it comes to protecting their children and their home. So why should we have this conflict in us going, well, how could you leave your children? It's like you're protecting us. You're protecting your home. You're just executing it in a different way than another parent would. That's the way I see it. Absolutely. And and that's a good point because we all have choices that we make for what whatever reasons we make those choices. And what we have to learn as women is to be confident in those choices and to know that this is you, you, we have to have that resolve in us to go and pursue anything in life that we want to go after. Um, so I agree with you. We have a a commercial coming up in in a couple of minutes, uh, Lawanda. On the other side, I'd love to bring up the topic of how do we come to that sense that we ourselves are that confident. So many times people are very unsure, and especially in uh, a business situation, in a public situation, um, those kinds of confidences are very, very deep down inside of us and and not easy to pull out. Um, Were you always a a very, very confident person inside your, your soul? Actually, I don't think I was always so confident. After you've gotten enough no's and enough trials and tribulations in your life, you begin to discover your core values and what matters most to you. And once you begin to align life in that way, your confidence will build because you have a vision and a direction in which to go. So I think it's life experiences that teach us who we are. So, well, we're very anxious to learn a lot more about where we're going to find that within ourselves. Lawanda uh, Holloman is a retired military officer, and she is a preeminent business etiquette and leadership development coach. She is founder of Everything Etiquette and You LLC, and Ms. Holloman offers guidance to respect the culture and customs of others, which is an important aspect for interacting in our global environment. This is one 
one thing that is the most challenging thing is this global environment. Um, the, the world is right around the corner or right at the other side of our telephone um, or our fingertips on our computers. So having Lawanda's advice is so important. We're going to hear lots more after the break. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are with uh, etiquette expert LaWanda Holloman. Now, she has a website. You can check her out, everythingetiquetteinyou.com. Great site, great information. I'm going to take us in a little different direction today um, because I can, (laughs) because I don't follow (laughs) chain of command, uh, because I don't have etiquette and I don't often have good behavior, especially on the air. Um, So I want to go back to that conversation that we had about uh, confidence and about choices and specifically about what do you say? And Luanda, you're the perfect person to ask. You could be in uniform or out, or you could be talking about your military service. And some knucklehead comes up and says, oh, my God, I can't believe you leave your kids behind. Now, I would want to, like, I don't know, spit in their coffee or something or make some snarky comment, but you can't do that. So 
<laughs> That's funny. That is so funny because people will look at you strange when they find out that you, if you're not in a uniform or anything, uh, if you're in a uniform and people are uncomfortable with women in uniform, then they give you a, a stare and they don't typically come up and talk to you. But if you're not in uniform and you talk about that experience, then they look at you because they really can't connect to your experiences as a civilian. And so it creates kind of a unique situation for you. Herein lies etiquette. Etiquette is all about how we interact with others. It's about me being able to maintain my own beliefs, my own truths, my own um, ways of thinking without being offensive to someone else. So that's primarily how I sum up what good etiquette is, etiquette is all about. So anyone can believe what they want to. But one of the fundamental things about how we interact with others is that respect is always in order. So whether I agree with you or disagree with you, it has absolutely nothing to do with my ability to show respect to you for who you are as a human being. We all um, choose things and make decisions in our life based on our life experiences. For us as women Soldiers or veteran, um, those who've served and retired and moved on, um, we never move on, by the way. Once a soldier, always a soldier. But once we um, decide to do something, understand that we've made a sacrifice. We've sacrificed having things a certain way so that we could make an impact on our world in a different way way than somebody else who may have chosen to stay at home and be a full-time mom or go uh, on a job and work a full-time job. In every respect, we've all made sacrifices to do these things. The service woman, though, has sacrificed her life in that what she does could very well cost her her life. And if for no other reason than to feel like that is a part of the legacy she will live, leave behind for her children to understand how important it is to whatever choice you make, be willing to do your very best at it. And in this case, it could cost you your life for the greater good of our society and our world. So um, we all make sacrifices, and, um, and so that's a, a big sacrifice that we make. And it, I, I, I wouldn't say that that choice is made lightly. It's very difficult because we as women, regardless of where, uh, whether we wear the uniform or not, we have emotions. And it's an emotional experience for us when we have to leave our children. Um, well, and why, do, why is it that people have such a hard time? You know, we go back to famous women service members in media. You know, you think of Lieutenant Houlihan or, you know, from MASH or even Private Benjamin. Why do we have such a hard time acknowledging, respecting, feeling comfortable with 
women service members. Like, I don't get it. Women comprise 20% of our armed forces today. So why are we still struggling so hard? You know, I see what you're talking about. I see in the airports, I'll see, you know, I'll see guys walking through in their uniform and people come up and talk to them, congratulate them, thank you for your service, blah, blah, blah. I can see a group of girls, you know, or women, you know, service members sitting there and you don't see the same interaction. I fly a lot. That's why I brought that up. Right. Yeah. It's just, I think socially, we're just not accustomed to women being in combat. We're not accustomed to women wearing that uniform because most of our socialization has been surrounded by the male figure. And the, you know, when you see a lot of leaders, what do you see? You see men. And because it's not something that's commonplace, it's just not something that's in the forefront of our minds. So when we encounter that, it, it you know, it's not something that we're used to. So getting that narrative out there about women veteran, about the stories um, of women serving is critical so that people clearly can identify with the woman the mother, the parent who serves, and she's female. It's just something that people are not used to hearing or seeing. Well, and it's funny because, you know, 350,000 women served in uniform in World War II. You know, that's not a small number. And, you know, I just... I just, I'm always amazed, you know, when you say veteran, that we somehow have to qualify or quantify woman veteran. And we have to, I get it. I, you know, understand that's the nature of what is. But I'm hoping by conversations like ours today that we start, you know, elevating our our personnel to military personnel (laughs) and and not having to quantify or qualify these things. Um, Because it's always surprising to me when people say, oh, that's right, there's women veterans. Oh, that's right. Like we're somehow an afterthought. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's that's just the socialization that we've had. And it's it, it just is the way it is. And the more we get out and talk about our story, the more we're out in the parades, the more we're out um, in the forefront, I think it will start to change the narrative. Um, it's just we're creatures of habit. And for whatever reason, it's difficult for our society to wrap their minds around women veteran. And again, the roles that women played in the military were, you know, more service oriented. When we think of wars and 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 uh, soldiers, we think of combat. We think of going to fight, and we have not grasped the idea that women are in that war fight just as well as the men. Well, and when you well, look I, at, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Rob, this is one, one no, last no, thing no, to no. say, and then I'll shut up because I'm just, yeah. I'm on my bandwagon over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we look at how many people serve in the military and how many people see active combat, it's not equal numbers whatsoever. So when you have a man in uniform and a woman in uniform and the likelihood of either of them seeing active duty combat is pretty small when you look at the grand scheme of all of our military service members. Right. 
Yes, that's I just like true. To point things out. I like to point things out because going <laughs> no, yeah. everybody thinks about this stuff. You know, I just googled women veterans just for fun, mm-hmm. you know, and I see you know oh yeah a couple little images you know. But the thing that I thought that was cool that showed up, and again, it's not cool that it exists. It's cool that it's starting to show up. Um, is you know women veterans who are homeless. Gee, guess what? The the homelessness that affects our male veterans also affects our female veterans. Absolutely. And, and, and to a greater percentage, the demographics for um, women veteran are that they're either a single parent, they're, they were married to um, a military spouse, um, or they have um, children. And if they don't have a job, then that puts that makes them homeless because they're trying to take care of their kids they can't do that and so they slip into depression as they slip into depression then the suicide rates increase so the same issues the same issues that plague our male veterans are the same ones that plague our women veteran and we're just starting at the VA getting um, the women's clinic stood up in certain areas that will take care of some of those needs um, specific to women that occur but again I go back to the narrative the 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 story still has not been told about the women veteran well, and that's what we're doing today. You yes. know, we'll reach, you know, half a million people listening to this episode in a matter of, you know, a few months. And, you know, if we can be talking about it and we can get other groups talking about it, and I want to honor Shining Service Worldwide. It's a it's a group, Luanda and listeners and Robin, that I'm, you know, affiliated with. And it's an organization that six supports the successful reintegration of women and from military to civilian life and handles some of these issues, talks about some of these things. But having somebody such as yourself, Lawanda, who is professional, who is articulate, who, you know, has achieved so much in her life, you know, along with being a single mom, you know, you're really the poster child for what can be with our military women. Absolutely. And even though I teach um, etiquette, business etiquette and leadership development, it there, there's a transition process for me. I retired last year and the, you know, just being able to translate who you are and what you did in the civilian marketplace can be a real challenge. So if if I struggle with some of that, I can only imagine what's happening to those women who have not been ex- who haven't had the same experiences I've had that would help me in that process. So um, it's it's something um, to be said about organizations, and I salute those organizations that are out there helping women veterans make that transition and make it as smooth as they possibly can, because there's so much that these women have to offer um, based on their experiences. 
Absolutely. Luanda, we're going to go to break right now. This is Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd from Military Mom Talk Radio. For those of you that missed the first three quarters of today's show, you can find us on iTunes under Military Mom Talk Radio. You can also go to MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about MOS transition and how Luanda can help. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And boy, Rob, did I monopolize that whole last segment. But I just, <laughs> it was I just, not, it was valuable, and that's what we're here for. Oh, I just, yes. you know, I get so frustrated, you know, and, you know, we're talking to etiquette expert today, Lawanda Holloman, and it's so important because... How you present yourself in the workforce, I think, is hard enough as a woman. I'm a woman in tech, Lawanda, and, you know, when you've got hair and boobs and technology, they really don't mix. <laughs> and uh, 
But what I have a problem with is, you know, and I, I hire a lot of military moms in my work, uh, my technology fields, because they're great. They follow directions. They get to the point. They get it done. There's really not a whole lot of BS um, that I have with other groups of, of moms that work for me. And I'll say that openly. I don't write, write me hate mail. Please bring it on. Um, but the biggest issue I have right now is these MOS translators. You know, they you you leave your your. Uh, military career and you use these, you know, kind of translators that, you know, MOS is your military occupational specialty and it's supposed to translate you into a civilian job. And, you know, most of the time I'll go on these and play around with it. I'm like, wrong, wrong. No, no. Limiting, limiting. You know, and I have my spaz attack. But I'd love for you to talk about etiquette because you just transitioned. You just transitioned in the past year. Absolutely. Yes. And so those translators... It's a good baseline document, I'll say. So you don't want to just rely on that. You want to look at that that information and build upon it. That's there if you had absolutely nothing you wanted to say about yourself. And sometimes, you know, as soldiers are transitioning out, they really don't know how to start. And so I say those translators are a good baseline document. It's something to get um, to get you thinking about what it is you want to do. So when we talk about translating what we did in the military into the civilian marketplace, I always like to go back one step further and really take some time out to look at what matters most to you. You've served, you've served in a high um, uh, a high-speed environment, lots going on, and now you've got to come back where life is going to be slightly different for you. So I always like to go back to what matters to me, what brings me joy, what makes me happy, and what companies out there are doing some of those things that I could really find myself buying into and adding value to that company. Because, you know, when you're doing something that you enjoy doing, it's hard to separate whether or not that's work or play. And I call that freedom. I call that peace. When work and play collide and coincide. That's freedom and that's peace. And that's what we sacrificed for our ability to be free and doing it, um, doing what we want to do and making an impact in this world. Um, so one of the things I would say, um, as it relates to translating the experience, when you start talking about what it is you did in the military, pick out simple to understand tasks that you did. For example, if you led soldiers, you want to talk about, we had a problem getting supplies. We had a problem getting water to our soldiers who were located 10 miles in front of us. I was the logistics person in charge of making that happen, and we had a specific timeline to get it done. However, we had obstacles in getting it done. 
So I created a plan to divide our team into two separate groups so that one could protect us as we safely move through to get the supplies forward. So what does that do? That helps them understand that you're a thinker, you're a planner, you're um, you're um, comfortable thinking outside of the box and coming up with new ways of getting things done. So when you start to communicate to others who may not quite understand what it is you do in the military, you don't want to make it overwhelming for them because, again, they don't understand that experience. And so you want to break it down in some simple terms. And I would say have a few examples of things that you did while you were in the military to start with the problem. What was the problem you were trying to fix? What was the solution you came up with? And then what were the results? We were able to get that water to them, and they were able to proceed on to their next mission. Um, well, and, and one of the things, Luanda, I just wanted to stop you here because one of the things that you did so beautifully, you know, and I'm sure it's your etiquette training too and your etiquette experience, but you said miles, not clicks. You didn't put any military jargon in there. You know, military is so full of jargon. Exactly. Um, and and acronyms and you know I think of Ali and NACRA like the National Association of Child Care Military Providers I still can't remember what it is but you didn't throw any of that jargon in there and so you you presented yourself in a way that was very comfortable for me now granted if you were we were having a military conversation you could say clicks but if the person's not military and you use jargon you just kind of make them feel uncomfortable and awkward and then you separate yourself when what you want to do is bond. Exactly. And remember, uh, the way I describe that etiquette is, is, you know, you can maintain your belief and, 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 and then not harm others in the process. So you don't want to make people feel isolated. When we isolate people, that can make them feel harmed in some way. And so we're always trying to bridge that gap in communication so that we can make a connection with the person that we're talking to. And you know, whenever you're interviewing with someone and, and they're reading it, they don't want to appear uh, offensive to you. And perhaps they're feeling a little less confident in their ability to ask you questions if you have things on there that they don't understand. And so we always want to try and think about who it is we're talking to and then make that language easy for them to understand. Right, and bridge that communication because nobody's going to hire you if you if you don't bond. I mean, so much about hiring is about, um, you know, I know when I hire in my company, I look for commonalities. I look for moms that have, you know, younger kids. And, you know, I look for moms who, you know, come to the interview with me and they're not dressed up with, you know, huge hair and makeup, high heels and a dress because that mm -hmm. just makes me feel bad because <laughs> – I can barely get myself dressed in the morning. Um, you know, but, but you you're bring, Go ahead. You're bringing up some great points because one of the things I do talk about is the fact that you look at the company you're going, you want to go into, and you start from the very beginning of what 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 do they wear? Because sometimes the first impression will be that lasting impression on that organization. And so you don't want to stop the communication based on what's seen. You want to get to the dialogue. 
And sometimes we can, if you're, if you were, let's say you're going to work for Google, you wouldn't want to go in a suit, all dressed up in a suit because that's not the environment they have. Conversely, if you're going uh, to work at another, and maybe I shouldn't have said Google, but uh, if no, but we you, get the point, it's you yeah. know it's a tech company, so it's going to be most likely, unless it's in sales, it's going to be more relaxed in their dress code. Exactly, exactly. And so, in a more conservative environment, you certainly don't want to show up in jeans and t-shirt. So those things are very critical, and, and women who've had uniforms on, they didn't have to think about what they needed to wear. They didn't have to think about simple things like makeup. Like in certain environments, it really does matter. So it depends on what you're trying to do as to how much is enough and uh, um, everything from accessories to the style of dress. Um, so – all of those things are critical for women transitioning out. Um, we had to put our hair up. We couldn't have our hair down. <laughs> so now you've got to do something with your hair other than have it up. What are you going to do with it? Well, yeah, because if you look at, you know, in military service, hair up is appropriate. It's it, it it's what you're supposed to do. If you put your hair up in a bun, which I'm a big bun girl, you know, and and I look uptight and and you know, people always are surprised when they meet me how laid back I am because my hair is always pulled back off my face, very little makeup, very severe, and then they meet me and I'm a giant goofball. So your your look is part of your asset. Your look is part of your currency that you're trading with most jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, it only takes seven seconds to make a lasting impression. And it's all based on that primacy um, um, effect. The first thing people see is what gets recorded in their mind. There was a study in, um, I think it was either Harvard or Stanford, um, psychologists did a study. And if there is a negative impression, it takes at least six positive interactions to reverse just that one so how you look matters and then we want to get to the conversation if that makes sense no no it makes perfect sense i mean i get that i mean you you could manipulate your look and you should manipulate your look depending on who you're interviewing who you're meeting you know and and this is shouldn't come to any surprise for people it's like stating the obvious if you go to church or temple you know you're not going to dress the same way as you'd go out you know dancing with a new guy you just met you know there's there's you know w we navigate systems like this all the time it's just Sometimes it's a little overwhelming, um, you know, when you've been doing it a certain way for a long time. And this is true whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a working mom, whether you're a service mom. You know, all of these these situations, we get ingrained in what we're doing. Um, I want to thank uh, LaWanda Holloman for being our guest today. Her site, you can check it out, everythingadequateandyou.com. I also want to thank Marcella Stretch for all the work she does in our service members and our families, that group that that podcast or the um sorry the facebook group was parents of deployed service members so if you are a parent of a deployed service member if you're an aunt an uncle or a grandma um somebody who cares about a service member you can join this group it's wonderfully supportive for its members um next week we're going to come back with another great show and we're going to talk to rob i'm i'm looking i'm looking rob oh we're running out of time uh we're going to talk with mike miller of homeland magazine 
amazing. So you're not going to want to miss it. LaWanda Holloman, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. I'm with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation 